Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 121. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast. Before we start with the interview, I want to remind you on January 18th and 19th, I'm starting a new eight-week mastermind course focusing on John Maxwell's book, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. Next it'll be eight weeks. Uh, it's uh, two sessions on Saturday mornings and one on Sunday evenings on January 19th, and it'll go till March 15th or March 16th, depending if you're in the Saturday or Sunday class. Uh, I look for about 10 per class, and so you can find out more information. I did a webinar the other day. Uh, it kind of talks about some of the material that we'll be covering in this mastermind class. You can find out more information. You can go to my website, doseofleadership.com, and click on Mastermind Info up in the upper hand um, uh, menu column, and you can get more information. So, again, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your support. I love the feedback I'm getting from you. And um, if you have the time, take the time you're finding value in this show. Please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review of this show or Stitcher. It helps so much for my visibility. Again, thanks for being a fan of the show, and here's the interview. Well, I'm so excited to have on my show today, Stacia Pierce. Man, when I read her bio, I'm, I get exhausted because I don't know how she can find time in her single day to do everything that she does. She's an award-winning life coach, and she's guaranteed to be a whirlwind of passion, excitement, and motivation bundled up into a highly acclaimed businesswoman, and she's paving the way for the limits, limitless success of her clients. She's a living example of success. She's been named top women who mean business by the Orlando Business Journal for her system of turning passions into paychecks, enabling her to motivate fellow entrepreneurs worldwide. She's worked with everyone from the Hollywood elite to Grammy to Emmy, winner, Emmy winners to television personalities, several successful business owners, lawyers, doctors, and government officials throughout the U.S., Canada, and the Bahamas. She's the creator of LifeCoachToWomen.com, founder and CEO. She's the author of 21 books. The Go Big Coaching Program, 37 Journaling Secrets to Success Attraction Course, Success Mastery Coaching Program, Inspire Perfume, Superstar, Nail Lacquer, and StyleShop.com. Stacia, what a pleasure to have you on Dose of Leadership. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me on today. You know, I didn't even touch, barely touch your bio there. I could have I gone on and on, but we would have probably ran out of the 30 minutes that I have allotted for the show. <laughs> How do you do it? Tell us, you know, I touched base on, on who you are, but uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in the kind of the leadership life coaching game. Well, you know, really, this started so long ago. The leadership started really when I was a teenager with my father, my late father, when I was 13 years old. My father um, was a, you know, a real, in real estate and a contractor, and he owned all these companies, and at 13, for my birthday, he sat me down and he said, you know, I want you to learn one lesson. I want you to learn this for the rest of your life. And I said, you know, what's the lesson? I thought I was going to get this grand birthday gift or something fabulous. And he said, I want you to learn the lesson of leadership. Mm. And he said, so what I'm giving you for your birthday today is a business. And I was like, okay. And he said, I'm giving you a business. And so he gave me my first business, which was an ice cream store in a game room. It's called Stacy's Dream Cream. <laughs> and uh, it was just my birthday's in June. So it was the summertime, June 8th. And 
we were out of school, and so he says, I was like, okay, I have my own business. It's really awesome. He says, right, you're going to learn leadership because you're going to spend your summer running this business that I gave you. And it really changed my life. It was it was fun, and then it was also so much work. I didn't realize how much leading people and running something would cost me. But it was really a life-changing turn for me because after that summer, I grew, I learned so many skills. You know, I wanted to go to the beach. I wanted to go and do things with my friends. And so I quickly learned how to hire help, how to have meetings, you know, and how to get people in there so I didn't have to do every single thing myself. And then we expanded the company. And that's really where the leadership of philosophy got in me from the age 13. Then as I grew, you know, and came into my own and got grown, then I decided I wanted to pass that on to other people. And then I... And I started teaching women about entrepreneurship, goal setting through workshops and seminars that I was doing. So it, it was a it was a journey to get to where I am today. But it started actually when I was thirteen years old. I was just a teenager. What a great gift! I mean, what what was your father's background? What did he do? My father was in real estate, and so he um we owned like so many houses when we were growing up. And I, I can remember when just being a little girl going with him to you know, talk to people and help people get into their homes. And so he owned several homes and then he went into apartments and went apartment complex and he went into commercial real estate and then he went from there to contracting, appraising and then corporate appraising. And so he um, he ran uh, like several different conglomerates uh, of different companies that all had to do with real estate. And so it was his philosophy to teach all his children to know how to own their own business, run their business, but to be leaders. And so that and it played a role in our lives because in school, you know, we were in all the plays. We led you know, all the different organizations, and we always were getting leadership awards, that kind of thing. But it came from that home philosophy. And my dad, you know, I was a little girl, and he was taking me to seminars on the weekend, and everyone was hanging out. I was with him at, like, Zig Ziglar seminars. And, wow. Um, and I know. We were going to see all these different speakers and you know, and, and he would go to dinners and functions and he would take me with him to meet uh, so many neat people. And uh, it really just made me want to do that. I wanted to teach other people leadership and help them succeed in life from seeing that from such a young age. Oh, that's great. What a, what a unique, uh, what a unique childhood and what a, you know, a transformational time. You know, most of us, usually when we turn 13, we're not, uh, we're trying to do the exact opposite of what our parents are doing right. at that time. <laughs> yeah. So what? That's yeah, great. I, it, it was different, you know. When I, I think now I look back and I'm sounding like, oh, it was so exciting. I love the process. Of course, when I was 13, I like, come on, Dad, I'm gonna be like everyone else. But right. you know, it made a big difference in what I've achieved in life. And then I started raising my kids the same way. And you know, so at 13, I gave them both a business, and you know, I didn't take away their whole summer. You know, I, mm-hmm. I let them do you know different online businesses and that kind of thing. But nonetheless, they gave them the same kind of skill level, to learn to be leader, to speak up, to talk, and that kind of thing. So it was a really good CV put in me. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I probably know the answer to this question already, but was he your most influential mentor? Is he the one that had the most impact on your on your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. My number one mentor, yes. And I, I still, the books I write today are still quoting my dad. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's that the philosophies that he taught me, the things that he would say to me, and um, I, I even wrote a course, you know, um, a mindset course about the things my dad taught me, taught me. And it was a journal I kept from the time I was 15 to the time I was 25. 
of um, different things my dad would tell me on the weekend, his philosophy, his secrets to success. And I kept them documented in the journey, in the journal. And so when he passed, then I just kind of told his journey and my journey of how we got to where we were. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love hearing those stories. You know, everybody, every time I ask that question about who has had the most impact in your life, and almost invariably, you know, of the 120-plus interviews that I've done, almost everybody goes back to a parent, a relative, wow. or, or a teacher, a coach, almost everybody. And it just, yeah. you know, highlights. I mean, we know this, I think, in, you know, how much of an impact we actually do make on our kids, but I think sometimes we have to be intentional about it. And it sounds like your father was intentional every day of his life, which, uh, man, what a, what a great gift. And um, it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of discipline to, to be that way. Yes, it does. It does. Which is what leadership is, you know? It Absolutely. does. It takes a lot of discipline to um, be a great leader. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite words that I've really kind of latched onto or kind of the ideas is the idea of intentionality. And I think, you know, I've been passionate about leadership for a long time, but, you know, just kind of modeling what, trying to model what your father would be, but being intentional about leadership every day. Talk to me a little bit about that intentionality and, and how it's kind of shaped your leadership philosophy. Well, you know, I, you have to be intentional, and that's one thing I did. I learned from my father, and I, I do that with my clients and with my family and even with my team, my staff. You know, you have to be so intentional about your leadership, and I think sometimes people think leadership just happens or people are gifted with it. Right. But, you know, I believe it's a, a set of guidelines and rules that you set up for yourself that causes you to um, be able to lead well. And so in my leadership, I have certain things I do that, that I stay on point with. I make sure that I'm leading. That's a part of being intentional in leadership, to keep growing. And then I establish that growth culture in to my staff and to our home and my family and then with my clients. You know, I find when people feel like they're stagnated in life or they feel like they're going through some big transformation or they feel like they... Um, don't know what's next, usually you can trace it back to they stop growing somewhere. Yeah. You know, there's something that they, they stop being intentional and growing. And so, you know, leadership and being intentional has a lot to do with growth. Keep reading the books. Keep educating yourself. Don't think you have arrived or that you know it all. You know, keep searching and researching and, um, and you know, and finding great resources to help yourself and to help others to, to lead. And so, yes, being intentional, being on purpose is important. And, you know, and even setting up your whole uh, routine for yourself so that you can just, you know, strive as a, you can strive as a leader. Yeah, I like what you said. You know, if you feel like you don't ever feel like you've arrived, if it's kind of like if you feel like you've arrived, it's time to put uh, dirt over you. You know, I think uh, it's it's time to that's when you check out because I think uh, it's, a, right. it's a lifelong process that nev- that never ends, you know. Um, it's, it's, Absolutely. It's a, it's a Absolutely. Leader. How would you define your, your leadership style? What uh, has it changed over the years, or where are you at right now? I would say that my, my leadership style now is, you know, I with my company, we just had a great meeting getting prepared for the new year, and you know, over the day of everyone, you know, changing jobs and downsizing and that kind of thing. I was raised in the day of, of more leadership loyalty. You know, where mm-hmm. you you have a company, people stay with you for long term and that kind of thing. And so I just went back to that, to my leadership style now is really teaching people loyalty, mm. loyalty to, to the company, loyalty to just their own their own morals, you know, having some loyalty to what you really believe, having a core. 
and um, and sticking with it. And so that's where I've, I've been lately. And I think loyalty, like for, for instance, with my team, loyalty is bred when you people know that you care about them personally. Yeah. And you care about their personal goals. And so I make sure that my company culture is that we cultivate their creativity. But we want to know what people's passion are that work with us, and we try to cultivate their passion. We want them to enjoy their personal life as, as well as their work life with us. And so, and then we let it spill over. We don't just say, like, you have your life and then we have our life, but we do things together as a team. We take outings. We do um, one vacation a year with our whole entire staff. And so those kind of things cultivate more loyalty because you really know the people that you work with. I like that idea of loyalty. You know, we haven't talked about that. I think it's something that like is has been lost over the years. I think you're oh you know, yes, and uh, maybe it's byproduct of of the way businesses are. You know, my father worked in two different places, and I've, I'm not, and I know it's a different society, and I don't think it's we can we can necessarily go back to the days of where it's the massive corporation, and you, you know, in forty years later, you walk out right. with the gold watch. But um, there is something to be said about um, sticking with somebody. Uh, for the long haul, and I think that you know that is something we haven't really talked about. And I kind of I do long for those days. I long for the days where you, you know, you're not thinking. It, it does seem like people are are self serving more than anything else, right? I mean, that's what kind of what right. you're getting to. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> exactly, that is what it, what we've gotten to that day. And I understand that you know people want to you know we live in the day where people you can I have a virtual assistant where people can work from home. They can right. you know do two or three different things because of our technology, you know, and you can move faster, you can re- work remote, and so there's different things. So we live in a new day, and I, and I understand that, and I love it. I love the day that we live in. But then I also think there's a place where people want to have, um, you know, a sense of family or loyalty when they come and join with the company. They want right. to feel like they belong. Right. And so we've been really just teaching vision and keeping the vision you know, before people, and I think vision helps people with loyalty when they can see how they fit into the vision, the big picture. And so that's, been, you know, that's been my kind of my new, you know, leadership style. Not that everyone stays with you forever or um, everyone's going to stay in the same field forever. But I, I think a lot of times that if people just even have loyalty to their own vision, to their own goals, they would accomplish more, you know. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, just have a long-term vision um in mind and say, you know, I'm going to stick to this, stick some things out and make this really work. And so that's what grows great companies, you know, sticking through the, the tough times. Things Sometimes they go well, sometimes they don't, but you just stick it out and make things work. Yeah. And I think entrepreneurially speaking, I think you're right. And, and I think if more young entrepreneurs, um, yeah, I think for me, if they understand that, that it's about the long haul. It's about creating something bigger than themselves. And if you create something or you get people excited about being part of something bigger than just a bottom line or, you know, something that they right. can just, you know, then that's when you're going to have that, that loyal following, I think, you know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how did, yes, how, did, how did you get into the, the coaching? It's interesting because um, like myself, I'm entrepreneurial I, and I always picture myself as, the speaker, the author, and I never really thought about coaching, and, I've, and I kind of, I guess, fell into it because as I, as I surrounded myself with more like-minded people like yourself, I see how powerful coaching is. So I'd like to hear your journey and how you kind of fell into, or was it intentional on your coaching journey? Well, I, no, actually, I fell into it. It wasn't intentional. I was on the same path. I um, was speaking during the Women's Success Conference. I've been holding that for like 15 years. 
Um, and I was uh, packing out, you know, large stadiums, large crowds, and people were coming. And so what was happening was <clears throat> one year I had a conference, and it was like 3,000 attendees. I was my own keynote speaker. I had brought my daughter in to be a part of it that year. And so she spoke to the teenagers, probably was about 1,500 girls there. And it was a, a, a wonderful experience to see that, you know, there was no other speakers. No one else had the draw but us. And so I knew I had grew my list. I grew my influence enough to really to have a great conference. But what happened was we had this conference, and this was just the beginning when people were really emailing and that kind of thing. We weren't into it as much as we are now. And so what happened is after that conference, people were actually writing me letters. And so they were writing me letters, and they were saying, this conference was great. I was with you three days. It changed my life, totally transformative. But, you know, I'm a woman. I'm a mother. I'm at home. I want to follow my passion. I have this purpose. You talked about this all three days, but, hey, I need some help. How do I really do this? I need step-by-step what to do. I need a coach. And so after I got maybe 100 letters <laughs> that, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like this was a sign of people asking me, can you mentor me, can you coach me, will you be my leader? And um, then I just sat back. I took a weekend away and just kind of went over everything and said, where do I need to go from here? And I said, you know what, I need to change gears here, and I need to really um, coach people when I know I have a knowledge of information that ran successful companies. I need to turn this into a program. And so I just launched myself out there. Just kind of went, um, and about the next six months, you know, I went into coaching, started out one-on-one. That that didn't work well because I had so many clients. I didn't have enough time, so I had to create a system where I could do more people. And within a year's time, I was having, I had a full-time life coach to women, coaching practice. I was taking the conference and telling them what to do with the information afterwards. Create a whole entire coaching system program, and then the growth was kind of somewhat history because I had over 100 clients. People signed up very easily for my coaching program. And now, of course, we've expanded. I have a team to work with me and three different levels and and that kind of thing of coaching. My daughter has her own business that she does coaching for younger entrepreneurs, but that's how it began. So I fell into it. I fell into it from people really... Um, requesting it, you know, saying, hey, I need you for more than a weekend, giving me this motivational talk, and then I go home and don't know what to do with the rest of my life, but I'm excited. That's great. And so, I, you know, there's so much I could learn from you, obviously, with with this whole idea. I'm I'm relatively new to the coaching, but I I just, I've been amazed at how um, powerful it is to be coached myself and um, oh, yes. and also coaching and, and how powerful and how transforma- transformative it is or it can be in such a short amount of time. I don't think there's anything else, to be quite honest, that can be as transformative than, than one-on-one coaching. What are your thoughts on that? I agree 100%. I think that it is the most life-changing experience. And you know, I wish you could, you know, tell everybody, you need a coach. But I hear people talk, <laughs> you need a coach. <laughs> you know, yeah, you right. tell them, they, you know, they think, okay, of course, you're a coach. You think everyone needs one. But, you know... It is the most life-changing process, and what coaching does is it speeds up the time that you get to your destiny. Exactly, right. You know, because it takes years and turns them into months and months into days, you know, and it just it makes a big difference. I know that I am where I am today because of the people that have been instrumental. You know, of course, it was mainly my father, but um, even after that, I had, um, oh, I don't know how I'm, I'm losing track of his name, but... Um, um, he's from Australia, Peter Daniels. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, older now, but Peter Daniels was one of my first real, like, coaches in my life. And I remember I met him through my dad years, years ago. And then when, as I got older, had my own seminars, I invited him to come speak with me one day. 
And um, and I just told him, I said, I know you're in Australia, but I grew up on your books. I really want you to really coach me. And he wasn't really doing it. He was doing this seminar thing. He wasn't really doing part of the coaching. But I just kept pressing, pressing it until he said, okay, I'll take it on. And, you know, we just talked back and forth, email back and forth. But he really, really helped me with the philosophy and just setting up my business and thanking Mike a real entrepreneur, and I mean, it, it changed my life. I was, at that time, I was like in my 20s, 25 years old, and I'm running these successful companies, and then it came because of the direct advice he gave me. I mean, it took years, literally, and turned it into months. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have gleaned on the coaching a lot earlier in my uh, career, too. I, I think we all kind of think, I know I did anyway, that I think, well, I'll just, you know, I can do it myself, and I right. Check out these books, but but yeah. the, the speed is like you said the the rapidity of the transformation just went into hyper gear once I got my own coach, and um, right. so anyway, well gosh that's exciting. And well tell me, let's talk a little bit about since you your niches and you spend a lot of time um, focusing on women and entrepreneurship and women entrepreneurs. You know it's interesting. You know as I told you in the pre interview, I have four daughters. And Fawn Germer, when I interviewed her a um, month and a half ago, she told me it was interesting. You know, she interviewed in one of her first books over 300 women, almost every powerful woman you could think of, you know. And she found it amazing that all but maybe five, and she said out of those five, maybe three or four of them were lying to her, she thought, that they all still, even to this day, that we consider them successful, have um, issues with self-image and, and self-confidence and and you know and that's one thing I've learned even in interviewing this and all the people I've interviewed almost everybody even though there's what we consider successful and I know I certainly do struggle with self-limiting beliefs and, and confidence and in self-image issues talk to me about that and in about confidence self-image are there differences between men and women I don't think there are anymore I think we all struggle with the same issues what are your thoughts on that I think we all struggle with the same issues. I mean, and I, I think it has nothing to do with how successful you are. I mean, I, I coach other people, and I know that I still have to do things to to keep my confidence up. Right. You know, I have to. I just learned what to do. But, I mean, we all struggle with that. We all struggle with going to a new level. You know, yeah. in your business, the taking the next the risk to say, okay, now it's time to expand. Um, am I qualified enough to really do this? Can I really go there? You know, can this be me? And so, um, you know, is, can, am I the person that really is in position for this? And so we all struggle, and that's all confidence. We all struggle with that, and that's where good coaching comes in. Yeah. You're, you know, because your coach, that's what they do. They look past your own insecurities, and they just tell you all the benefits. It, I mean, all the benefits, they tell you not just the benefits of achieving your goals, but they also tell you all of your um, positive points, and they let you know that you can do it, that you're worthy. You know, a lot of times we don't even think that we're worthy to do certain things, and so I'm that's confident. And so there's, I've learned to do certain things because when I first started, I struggled with this really bad with the whole confidence and, um, you know, the leadership. And so what I did is I really took on storyboarding and putting up the vision before me and the, the picture of what's possible. And I know we've heard it a hundred times and everyone talks about, especially, you know, getting close to the end of the year, everyone's talking about goal setting, storyboarding, creating visions. But this process has really worked for me. Whenever I feel like my confidence is, is lagging or that, you know, I'm feeling this inner critic coming on, then what I do is I immediately, I get out a little, what I call goal cards. I get out a little goal card and I put the immediate picture of what I want before me, I put it up and I put words 
all around it, my affirmations, and I post it up, and I just go on a binge just every day, say it to myself. I've even went as far as recording my own voice mm. and playing it back just to, you know, say to myself, yes, you can do this, overcome this, let's go forward, let's not get stuck here. And it has worked amazing for me over the years. You know, every single time I had to do something really big or take a big step, I have done that process. And when I tend to skip and say, oh, I have this, okay, I'm going to make this work, I usually find myself falling behind someone. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's big. Confidence is big. And there's no difference between men and women. I think we both deal with it. we, We all deal with it. I agree. And I think that you know this whole idea that that men are more confident than women, or you know, I it, when I really started getting intentional about my leadership growth, I was and I still get surprised sometimes of the self talk that I say to myself. Some of the things that I say about myself to myself, you, you would never say to anybody else. You know, I'd never say that to right. my daughters or anybody. But it's like, why do we do that? You know, I still struggle with it, and I think it's just, I think all of us are racked with. Um, limiting beliefs and, uh, and self-doubt at some point in our lives. And it's a, it's a constant struggle, I think. I think it's something you continue to work on. And like a muscle, it probably gets better over time, I'm sure. But yeah, right. I, I like that intentionality of the, the exercises you're using there. You know, it's kind of, it is very powerful. Like this, one of the things I've done is it's like a subtle mind shift instead of saying, you know, can I, to, to shifting more to like, well, how can I do this? You know, instead of right. can I, or can, how can I do yes. this? And just kind of suspending... Yeah, suspend- oh, I was gonna say I love that instead of can I? How can I? I so love that. That's I had to make that shift of can I to saying how can this be done? It yeah. changes the outcome drastically. It really does. When you change those those two words, yes. Kind of suspending the belief on how you know. Just stop worrying about how it's going to get done. Just know it's going to get done, right? I used to get I used to, I used to getting wrapped up in all the minute details. Just know that you're going to get it done, even though you don't know how it's going to get done. You know. That's, right. That's kind of that's kind of like you're visioning your storyboarding that you're talking about there. You know, you're putting that affirmation up there, you're reminding yourself, "This is what I want to see. This is what I want to accomplish." I don't necessarily right. know, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to get there. I just know I'm going to do it. Absolutely, that changes so much. I can tell you because you can get caught up on the how, mm-hmm. and I mean, you could be stuck there just trying to figure out all the how because you're trying to figure out in just your own natural ability how how can I go from here to there. But I, when I cut out that one step, that whole question of how, yeah. and just saying, okay, this is going to happen, that, you know, or, I, you know, I can see this happening. When I took out the question how, it was drastic. It was a big difference. And oh, yeah. I had to do that with my clients. I had so many clients that were stuck, and they were saying, what's happened? I'm doing all the steps. I, I set my intention. I have the goals. I have the pictures before me. Why isn't this coming to pass? I really not believe, and then... That, we took out that one thing, how. How is it going to happen? But let's not worry about the road to how we're going to get there. Let's just say we're going to get there. Yeah. And uh, it, it's big. It made a big difference. Yeah. Matter of fact, I have one client who is a doctor, and um, he set a goal that he wanted to be on the Dr. Oz show, which was pretty big. We just we were going to go exercise weekend workshop, and, he, and I told everybody to set a goal that was way out of their comfort zone, something absolutely that they just did not think could happen, but let's just go for it and say we want to happen within the next 30 days. And um, everyone got stuck. We talked about the how. Everyone wanted to figure out how. We told them to eliminate the how. And one of our clients said, okay, I'm going to be on Dr. Oz. I don't know how, but I do know that in 30 days this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and two weeks after that, 14 days from the day of that workshop, um, Dr. Oz was 
asked for all the different doctors to tell different methods they were using to get people energy. Well, this gentleman was, you know, in my workshop with one of my clients, and he's called the energy doctor. And so um, he said, wow, this is great. So he just, you know, forwarded over an email to him and said, I'm an energy doctor. This is what I think. And that, and then the next day, they hit him back and said, hey, we want to come and do a whole segment with you. We want you on the Dr. Oz show. And That's great. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. It was, a, you know, it was really transformative. And he was like, nothing like that ever happened, or he never had an intention that manifested so quick. But when he eliminated the how, it was amazing. Yeah, I think... I and think, that's why we need leadership. We need someone to tell us that. You know, those right. are small things, but we do need someone to tell us, hey, make this one little shift and it can change your whole life. Yeah, I think getting rid of the how, like you said, I mean, it, it, it almost forces you to, um, I don't know, it, it almost, it, it releases a, a different set of creativity or a sense of creativity, which kind of lends itself to... Because to, when, when you... If you focus on the how, you just kind of you, you get limited. You get kind of boxed in. When you take away the how, you start unleashing the creativity and, and answers you never even thought of or solutions. You know, well, I'll go try this. You know, and and like right. You know, because of the how yeah. is you, you go look. I gotta well, I gotta contact Doctor Oz. And I don't know Doctor Oz's contact, and he's not gonna want to listen to me. You know, and right. then, then you just get mired. But Absolutely. if but if you're like, well, Absolutely. I'm gonna be on Doctor Oz. I know it is, and then you just I don't know. Oh, I love it. That's a yep. great, that's a great story. Yep, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, you eliminate that how, and then all the the ways show up. Yep, the creativity just uh-huh. you know things just begin to show up that and they show up immediately. It's mm-hmm. amazing how fast you can change the process of manifesting something when you eliminate that that one question how. You know, and that's almost really it goes to the the heart of the difference between someone who's being an entrepreneur and someone who's not. I think I think you know entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, they're in that realm, right? They 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 don't worry about the how so much. They just they know that this is what's it's going to happen, and they're going to figure it out. Absolutely, yeah. you have you know you have to live there. And when you're when you're an entrepreneur, you have to just say, okay, I don't know how this is all going to work, but. You know, I'm just going to keep going forward. I'm going to believe that this is going to work. And yeah. so there's, you know, so many things we've done and leaps we've taken and our business. And we didn't know how it was going to all work out. But we just said, this is what we have to do. This is a natural next step for us to, you know, to increase. This is a natural next step for us to grow. And so we just said, okay, we're going to keep moving forward. And then the how shows up. Yeah. It just appears. You know, and a person you know, some opportunity, you get an email, a call, and you're like, wow, okay, this, this really just this shows up. <laughs> Things begin to show up. Well, almost every great major achievement in world history, if you think about it, I think we, we, we fall into this myth of like, well, it has to be this picture-perfect planning to to go into whatever, going to the moon or you know, winning World War II or you know, as massive as you can think of. But even then, the plans never come to fruition. At some point, the creativity has to get unleashed, you know, and there's tons and tons of minor failures and setbacks before you actually get to the, the achievement, right? I mean, it's just like you take, look Absolutely. at, yeah, and that's, that's kind of what models life and entrepreneurship and, and just, just life in general. Yeah, absolutely. There, yes, you just, there's always going to be some kind of, you know, setback or some circumstance that gets in the way, but you know, that's what really makes the whole journey exciting because, the process to overcome those setbacks is really what makes you. You know, that's what, that's right. it always, and it always turns into something else. You you have a setback and you have to get creative. You have to brainstorm. You have to come up with a, a new system, a new model. 
a new method, and out of that new thing that you come up with, usually that, you know, you, you stumble upon something greater than what you even intended in the first place. That's right. Because that's when the growth happens. It's almost like you have to say to yourself, okay, this is what I want to do. Then I plan to fail. I learn. Then I succeed. You know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's like fail, <laughs> learn, fail, learn, succeed, fail, learn, succeed. I don't know. Well, that's I what, love oh, that. Oh, I love it that's too. That's it. I love it. Well, what are the, what are some, as we wrap up here, what are some, you know, it is the end of the year. I think this is going to be my last interview for the year. So congratulations for that as we go into 2014. What are some what are some things we can do to 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 kind of make 2014 the best that we can? I would say to make 2014 your best year. We've been we've been talking about it this whole interview is being intentional. Yeah, I think the number one thing is to go into 2014 with really clear, get, gaining clarity and having really clear intentions of what it is you really want. It's hard to really manifest anything if you don't know exactly what it is that you want. And so, just have some clear intentions of the direction you want your life to go in. Um, what you want personally, what you want for your business, what you want for your home. Um, I think that we live in a day where you have to make yourself be very optimistic and just, you know, turn, turn, tuning down the negativity around you from the news, um, just anything that's draining you oh, in yeah. any way, toning that out. And I think how we start is how we finish. You know, how you do anything is almost how you do everything. And so, you know, I start my day being very optimistic. And I think you have to, that's intentional as well. I think you, people need to set up a structure that they're going to either, you know, write a gratitude list in, when they get up in the morning and review their goals and rewrite their goals, look at their affirmations, you know, meditate some 15 minutes times of, of meditation or looking at a storyboard or um, just getting quiet in solitude by themselves, maybe taking a nature walk. But those are things that you have to be intentional about, and those are little things that you can make small adjustments on that have a really big outcome for 2014. Yeah. And then just, um, you know, setting a set of, I just, you know, did a whole article about the one goal method. And so when I have people that are lost in, you know, writing a list of 101 goals or, you know, a 1,000 goals or whatever, and they're saying, oh, I'm overwhelmed, then I tell them, let's just find one. Let's find one goal that's something you really, really want. Let's take that, make that a goal, and then let's frame a word around that. What does that goal mean? What's the one word that goes with that goal that you really want to see happen for the year? Let's focus on that one thing, not saying that you dismiss all of your other goals, but let's just focus on this and be intentional about this. If you really want this to happen, let's stay right here until we see some movement with this particular goal. And so those are just some key things that could really start the year off and make it very effective for 2014. And then, of course, you know, I'm a coach, but I think if you want your year to be different, you're going to have to change maybe some relationships. Maybe people do need to get a coach in their life. You know, get around someone, find someone who can tell you, you know, you can do it, you can you can make it. And then the biggest thing about a coach is they hold you accountable. That's right. And so, yep. they, you know, they, they give you a accountability system. They hold you accountable. And, you know, you kind of, it's kind of like having a teacher that you want to, you know, live up to. You have a teacher that you love, and you say, oh, I really want to make them. I want to please them. And so it makes you kind of like go and do the work because you want to come back with a good story, you know, a good testimonial, yep. a good transformation. And so having a coach in your life gives you accountability. And then if you have a great coach in your life that has uh, went through a lot of process, they probably have systems. And a lot of times people's lives are out of balance because they have no system. And mm-hmm. if you have a coach that can give you some systematic ways to success, then that, that transform your life for 2014 as well. 
Well, I love it. I love the intentionality piece. I love, you know, the, the part of, of making sure that, um, you know, even if, you know, it seems overwhelming if 101 goals, but start somewhere, you know, you know, it's got to be intentional. Even if it's small steps, it's if, even if you're improving 1% a week, man, you're going to be so, right. much, so, so much better off in 52 weeks. So I don't know. Great stuff. Well, guys, there's so much. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? What's a good place? A good, a quick plug to uh, your websites the, and everything the, where they can get the hold. The best of place to find me is at lifecoachtowomen.com. That's with the number two in it. Lifecoach with the number two women.com. And so they can find me right there. And when they come to the site, you know, I have a whole entire six weeks for the brand new year, a six week program. They can just by putting their email and name in, they could give my path to purpose six week course free. And so, and it's a course I actually taught in a weekend on a workshop, and they get the whole entire course, all the downloads, all the information, everything absolutely free. And so, it's just something I've wanted to put out there, you know, know, this last year, and um, to really help people get on the right path to to purpose and then see how they can turn what they really are passionate about into profit. And so, it lets them start thinking about, okay, I'm passionate about this subject, and I can turn to a profit. And so... A lot of people are looking to start their new thing or their own business in 2014, so that'd be a great way to start without having to cost them anything. Perfect. And so that's what they can get me. It's a great looking website too. I got a com- you know committee for that. What a what a, a very friendly and easy to navigate, and I love the look at your website. So uh, and I'll have links to all these on the show notes. So if people come to Dose of Leadership and listen to the show there, they can find links to everything that uh, that you talked about there. So. Gosh, what a, well, thank, you. thank you so much for Sorry. coming on the show. It's so much fun talking to you. I could talk to you for hours about this, and um, <laughs> we'll have to have you come back again. And, and um, when I'm down in Florida, I may have to look you up, and uh, we could uh, get a cup of coffee or something and talk more leadership. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to. We're doing the same thing. I just, I love your format. I love your show. And so, if you're in Florida, definitely get in touch with me. We can definitely grab some coffee and talk about leadership probably for hours. That's right. <laughs> All right. Again, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.